whether you're at the end of your rope or feel trapped in a situation that is holding you back, I'm here to help you fix and rise above. You're not alone. Hi, I'm Christine Kozachuk, and I've been exactly where you are. I went from a life of poverty and abuse to success in business and life. Through my own self-discovery, I learned that the key to overcoming tough obstacles is to start with yourself. What is it that's holding you back from your true magnificence? What thoughts are swirling around your head that cause doubt and prevent you from moving forward? Let me join you in your journey to discover your truth and find solutions to help you live the life you deserve. Visit my website, fixandrise.com, and let's do this together. On today's show, we have Debbie Montgomery Johnson. Debbie, welcome to Women Who Triumph. Well, thank you for having me, Christine. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, and thank you for allowing me to interview you and, you know, telling your story, you know, to young girls and women around the world. Uh, for me, this podcast, uh, how it came about is I wanted women to know that they were not alone. And no matter what has happened in their life, they can reach out to someone and just talk about it and just ask, just know they're not alone and, you know, reach out to a mentor that can help them through whatever situation they're going through at the moment. So, Debbie, tell us what you've had to go through to be the successful woman that you are today. Well, it started actually about eight years ago when I was rocking along as a mother of four working in a school district job. My husband was employed, had his own company, and he left one day, and I got a call the next thing from my oldest son. He said, Mom, Dad just died. Mm. I'm coming home to take care of everything. So my life drastically changed eight years ago and what that did for me was you know I'd been a mother a wife a daughter all these roles that I had for so many years and all of a sudden I was like so who am I what what am I going to do how am I going to keep the family going now I've had four kids but only one of them was home and he was 15 Um, but I got thrown into running my husband's company which I knew nothing about and you know then I needed a life and uh, so where my story is that you and I met over my story, it came because my girlfriends told me I needed a life outside of work, and they wanted me to start dating again. And, you know, I'm, I was 52 at the time. I really didn't like dating when I was 16. I mean, my boyfriend wouldn't tell you that, but, you know, the whole, the whole I'm not enough, I'm not pretty enough or smart enough or skinny enough or whatever, all those anxieties of, of being a young girl dating came back at 52, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, guys, I don't, I don't like to go to bars. I don't smoke, drink, all that kind of stuff. How am I going to find a, a nice man? Um, and so everybody's like, oh, get online. You know, you can start an online dating profile and put it out there. And I thought, well, that sounds safe. And it sounded interesting. And I had friends who had actually met their spouses or significant others via online dating. So I very cautiously put together a profile. I wanted it to be perfect. You know, we all put up that smile and want to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I didn't want any of my baggage to come along. So I made sure that the pictures were good and the write-up was good. And I dipped my toe in. I I went to a face-based dating site thinking that that would be the safest for me. Um, And I just just tried and, you know, got got a few bites and a few men. I was going, oh my gosh, these guys don't know how to write. They their pictures were atrocious. I'm thinking, what am I doing? 
And then I uh, was contacted by who I thought was a very good-looking British businessman. Um, he'd lost his wife, and uh, he, we just started up this conversation, uh, which turned into a two-year online relationship. Wow. And it was fabulous. I mean, I, I was safe because I was home and he was traveling. I didn't have to worry about, you know, I haven't dated anybody in 26 years. How am I going to do this? Um, I got to know him. I got to know him through writing and through some phone calls, but typically it was uh, through Messenger and writing. And I knew everything about him. He knew everything about me. I was in contact with his son, who was a young boy living in Europe with his sister. And uh, it was just an amazing love story for two years. But through that uh, two-year adventure, you know, I'm a very giving person to family and and friends. And I, you know, I, I've also been called that damn Yankee where I don't give money away freely. <laughs> but um, but let's, I wanted uh, to have, Debbie, Debbie, Rebecca, yeah. let, okay, through all that, you never met in person at all, correct? We did not meet in person. Okay. I did talk to him on okay. the phone a few times, but we did not meet in person because he was working overseas. Okay, okay. Okay, now you and I know that, you know, with yeah. business too, sometimes yeah. you have to be gone and sometimes uh -huh. you have to pay for things in advance. Right. And so I helped him with his business thinking that, the, you know, the sooner we could get his job done, the sooner he would come home. And every time, you know, he was getting ready to come home, I had plane tickets, I had uh, hotel rooms, I had things ready for him to come. And he couldn't come. There would be a problem. Something came up and he couldn't get here. And... uh that was very disappointing. So we had the ups and the downs for those two years. Right. And, uh, you know, it was it was exciting and it was adventuresome, but then it was also very upsetting uh, at, at some times. But that my heart, I, I love to say that my heart ruled my head mm -hmm. uh, because I just kept giving and giving of myself emotionally and financially. Um, because, I'm, you know, he was coming home to me. Right. And so where the... Where the biggest aha moment came was on September 10th of 2012, and he came online one morning, and he, he wrote to me, and he said, Deb, how do you feel about forgiveness? Well, I'm a very spiritual person. I, I He and I have talked about God and family and all these things throughout those years, and so for hours I wrote to him about how I felt about forgiveness because I had had to forgive my, my first husband once years and years ago, and uh, you know, for something he had done, and, and we all need forgiveness. And so I, I put it out there, and then I said, Eric, you know, what what's wrong? Have I done something wrong? Now, notice, I put it on me. Have I done something wrong? And why are we talking about forgiveness? And he goes, Deb, I'm really sorry, but this is going to hurt you, and I have a confession to make. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't like those words, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It just brought, it just put a, a knife in my gut when I heard I have a confession because I did hear that once mm -hmm. during my marriage, and so I said, "Are you sure you want to tell me this?" And he said, "Yes." And he and he and he came, proceeded to tell me that the whole two-year relationship and everything we had done was a scam. <gasps> and I'm looking oh at goodness. those words. I'm going, what, "What are you talking about? Are you sick? Are you hurt? What's what's happening here?" And he said, "No, it's been a scam." And at that point, I'm like, "Oh, now you're lying." Now you have to prove to me that what you're saying to me is, is true. And he, he said, there is a way on Yahoo Chat to come on live. I'm going to come on live. And I'm thinking, 
for two years he couldn't he couldn't show me he couldn't Skype he couldn't do anything and now he's going to come on I said show me how you do this and he walked me through and all of a sudden I'm looking at my computer screen with a picture of my good looking Brit and in the corner comes live a dark haired dark eyed dark skinned young man with a huge smile on his face and I'm thinking oh my gosh what is oh, happening oh goodness I pulled out my telephone, my my you know my cell phone, and I actually took a picture of my computer screen. So I do have a picture of him, uh, but he had a big smile on his face because he's like, "Here we are. Can we keep this going?" And he and I'm looking at him when he said that, and I said, "Are you out of your mind?" Exactly. And, you know, and he said, first thing out of his mind, he goes, "Well, is it because I'm young and black?" And I'm thinking, "Well, possibly, but no. You've lied to me for two years." Yes. You took over a million dollars from me. Oh, my goodness. And at that point, you know, I usually hear the vacuum of people going, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a million dollars to give. I found it because, you know, he, I, he was family to me. And I don't mm-hmm. know how convoluted that was, but over two years, he became part of my family. And I sold retirement accounts. I sold jewelry. I, you know, I got my parents involved. I did everything because I thought that he was coming home to me. And when I found out that it was a scam, my heart was ripped out from underneath me again. It was worse than when my husband died because now I was part of it. But over time, I realized that the question he asked me about forgiveness was important. I had to forgive for me so that I could move forward. I have no idea what he's doing. I hope to God that he's not hurting more women um but someday he'll he'll have to account for that but i had to be able to move forward and i went to the fbi i did report it i've done everything that i could uh to legally you know if he was here in the states we could probably arrest him but he's in nigeria and i obviously never knew that part and here's the kicker is that i was trained i was a Air Force officer, I was an intelligence officer, I was a banker, I had legal training. Of all people, I should never have been scammed. But it proves to me and to the world that these guys are so well trained in what they do that they look for folks that have had some sort of vulnerable moment, and we all do. We all will be taken at one point in our lives by somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are so well trained that they know how to get into your heart and into your mind and into your wallet, frankly. And they scam billions of billions of dollars out of people worldwide every year. Yeah, that's what what you were saying is about the vulnerability. I could see that when you were getting ready to say it is, you know, it sounds like they're targeting women that are vulnerable. But, you know, my question is, too, Debbie, is I wonder if this is also happening to men. Well, it is. And when I went to the FBI, they told me that in Palm Beach County, where I live down here in Florida, more men get scammed for over a million dollars than women. Wow. Men, men will never say that. They'll never tell you the story. Uh, yeah, they're, it's hot, embarrassing. they're hiding. Right. It's embarrassing to them, so they're not going to, you know, report it. Because I'm, I'm always hearing about, you know, women, but I've never heard of a man. That's, no, men are being that, taken as much. And now the new scam is called BEC, which is Business Email Compromise. Um, they're pretending, the scammers pretend to be CEOs of companies, writing to CFOs, the financial people, saying wire transfer immediately to customer XYZ. And they are so good that the, 
the emails they send are replicate. You know, they're duplicates mm-hmm. of what re- real business people have. And billions of dollars are being sent through corporations annually now. Wow. I mean, these that... guys are skilled. And that's the thing that they, they bring such big dollars to the governments over there, to the, to the countries over there, that unless, like, say, for instance, Nigeria, uh, if they're scamming a Nigerian, they'll get stopped. Mm-hmm. If they're scamming an American or an Australian or a, a Brit, they won't be because they, they bring a ton of money in. And the economy, you know, if, if looking at it from a, from a heartfelt point of view, I understand that these young men over there, the economy is terrible. They need jobs. This is something they can do, and they're good at it. They're trained mm-hmm. at it, and they bring in a ton of money. But Lots of it. the moral fabric of it, the whole thing, is, is just not there. There's no heart, you know. There, it, there's there's no conscience. There's there's none of that, and that's the sad part for me. Is that you know how have we gotten to this point as as people to mm-hmm. so hurt financially, emotionally, spiritually other people to get gain? And you know here here's the good versus evil. I can't fix it, but I can certainly talk about it. And my goal now is I'll never recover that million dollars. I'll never get it back from them. Um, but how can we educate all of us to be careful about, you know, being taken for anything? Watch your email addresses. Watch the letters that come in. Uh, be careful of who you're really doing business with. We as, as entrepreneurs and as business people, how many times do you, do you get that shiny object syndrome? You know, someone comes in with the latest program, the latest training you know, site that mm-hmm. they, they want you to do, and you spend lots of money and then you get no return. You know, mm-hmm. it's been a scam. It's like so, that golden golden nugget syndrome, I call it. You're running after yeah. that golden nugget that is actually, you know, fool's gold. <laughs> that's well, what I call it. <laughs> it's, that's exactly right. It's fool's gold because mm-hmm. you want it to work so badly. And the scammers know that. There is, mm-hmm. a, there is a real art to scamming. And some of these guys are awful, but some are so well-trained. Mm. And they, you know, what took two years to scam me is now being done in four or five months. I talked to women that that have been scammed out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's within four or five months. And it's wow. amazing to me how these guys have really ramped up their efforts to to hurt. Uh, and again, they're they're going after on online dating sites, particularly they're looking for people that are new to the sites, they're looking for widows, they're looking for folks that have been divorced recently, and there's something that makes you slightly more vulnerable than somebody else. Yeah, but exactly. They don't uh, tell you they're from Nigeria. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, they're definitely not. <laughs> and the other, the other victim to this, though, is the man whose picture was used as the scammer. Because yes. I have I have friends whose pictures have been taken, and they get calls regularly. Why are you scamming me? Why are you hurting me? Why are you taking? They have no clues. Now they're working with the FBI because their pictures have been, you know, hijacked. So the, all over the, place. Mm-hmm. the reason, you know, the uh, the lesson there is be careful about your profiles on social media because you've got to protect yourself. Oh yes, your pictures can be taken and used by scammers. So be careful. Be careful with that. Well, Debbie, we are going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we return, uh, you know, let others know how they can contact you and about your, your book. And then we're also wanting to learn some fun facts about you. Absolutely. Okay. We are overcomers. We are future champions. We are leaders of our world. We will never, never stop. We stand to the future. 
Whether you're at the end of your rope or feel trapped in a situation that is holding you back, I'm here to help you fix and rise above. You're not alone. Hi, I'm Christine Kozachuk, and I've been exactly where you are. I went from a life of poverty and abuse to success in business and life. Through my own self-discovery, I learned that the key to overcoming tough obstacles is to start with yourself. What is it that's holding you back from your true magnificence? What thoughts are swirling around your head that cause doubt and prevent you from moving forward? Let me join you in your journey to discover your truth and find solutions to help you live the life you deserve. Visit my website, fixandrise.com, and let's do this together. Welcome back to Women Who Triad. We have been speaking to Debbie Montgomery Johnson on how she was scammed out of a million dollars from a Nigerian man uh, for two years. Uh, but at this moment, what we want to talk about is, Debbie, how can the listeners get a hold of you and tell us a little bit about your book? I'd like people to go to my website, which is thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Or they can write to me at Debbie, which is D-E-B-B-Y, at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. And uh, my book was, it was a story of not just the scam. It's about my life. It was about how I was trained, how I grew up, uh, my thought patterns and whatever, and how I was so willing to give my heart and my wallet. Um, and how I, you know, got through miscarriages and how I got through my husband dying. And it's really, for me, it was a story of, of triumph or not surviving all these things because we all have things in life that we go through. It was choosing to have hope, choosing to see good out of bad situations and moving forward. And the greatest thing that I have to offer, especially women that have been scammed, is that there is a way out. There is hope uh, I have remarried, which is the greatest thing, and I, and I surprised myself when I realized that I met my husband just three or four months after the scam reveal. Um, so I want to encourage folks to keep your heart open because it's so easy just to lock it up and to hate men and to hate dating and all that. Um, but we're not meant to be here alone. We're meant to go through life helping other people and being there heart-wise for other folks. And that's, that's my direction now is I work with an organization in Miami called the Citizens for the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams uh, or SCARS. And so I want you to go to SCARS on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of information out there, and we're working with Homeland Security and Department of Justice on a higher level uh, to, to attack this from an international level, from a money level, but on a personal level, I, I'm here to, to work with victims to, because they're not victims. I want them to be victors over this. I want them to be triumphant as the name of your show. We mm -hmm. will triumph over this uh, extraordinary deception. Yes. Uh, but I, that's uh, why I, I want people to read the book just to have a feel for what happened and then pass it on. Yeah, but, and they can get your book on your website. Uh, is it on any other site? It's Amazon on Amazon. Read? You okay, can get Amazon. it on Amazon, um, and you can get it on my website. Okay, great. Now, we are going to go into some fun facts, and we're okay. going to learn a bit a little fun facts about you. So, my first question would be, if you were a superhero, who would you be and why? Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and why? I see you know, that. 
Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I was I was at a conference the other day, and they put us in the Wonder Woman pose with the shoulders are back and the the you know hips are squared, and you just just power power within. And she stands up, and that's what my whole platform is: stand up and speak up. And I just get that feeling when I see her, you know, with her arms out, just stand up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Wonder Woman. I, I always tell people mine is a Xena Warrior Princess. There you go. I, I am so in love with uh, swords, so I, I'm a little bit, a lot of people say Wonder Woman, but I say I'm Xena, so. Okay, we'll stand together. Exactly. Okay, the next one is, what is your favorite ice cream? Favorite ice cream. I have a new one, actually. It's the Bluebell ice cream cone. Oh, I've never heard of that one. It's hmm. new. My daughter got me on it, and uh, they don't have it all the time, but when they do, I get three gallons of it in the freezer. <laughs> I wanted to try that. <laughs> okay. The last question is, what is your favorite childhood, to- what was your favorite childhood toy? Favorite childhood toy. I loved Barbie dolls, and my father made me an A-frame dollhouse when I was oh. probably six. Love it. It was beautiful. Yep. So I had all my Barbies. Love it, love it, love it. Well, Debbie, remind our listeners, um, remind the listeners how to contact you again. And what can they expect from you in 2019? Okay, well, please look, go to my website, thewomanbehindthesmile.com, or email me at Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Uh, 2019, I was just notified this morning that I'm going to be on the Board of Advisors for SCARS. We're going to be going to Washington. I hope to be, uh, as a veteran, I was you know, a veteran and also a scam victim, I'm going to hopefully be the face of SCARS in Washington. And I'm out there to speak. I want to speak to women's organizations around the country that want to hear the message of protection and mm-hmm. then standing up and recovering and having hope after having something happen in your life. Uh, so I'm available to speak. Again, go to my website, and you can contact me that way. I, I, I'm willing to go anywhere and everywhere. Love it. Now, again, thank you, Debbie, so much uh, for, you know, sharing your story. And your story is, you know, uh, you know, you, you went through so much, but it's also an inspiration to see someone like yourself going after, you know, a mission to, to protect women globally around the world that has went through your situation. So again, thank you so much, Debbie. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Have a great one. You too.